Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat's not your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop, everybody. I'm shopkeeper Kyle. With me, as always, is Sarah, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm great. I'm great. Wow. You know, I didn't know I had that on my resume. Get some new credentials. Also a member of the Trade Pro Academy, one of the the Discord moderators. And you got some other projects, too, that you you do, right? I did. Oh. (laughs) Okay. It's not that I've given up on it. It's just that I haven't really got things going yet because I've just been, you know, since the beginning of this year, which is, I think, the last time I was on the show, things have been so volatile. Oh, God, I know. More on that. Yeah, and that was an understatement. So things have been so wild. Mm-hmm. I swear the markets are more wild than this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial that's going on right now. This is. Oh, you must have been reading my notes because there's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Well, why don't everybody just uh, come on into the shop with us as we sit back, relax, and hedge against that rage machine. Uh, We'd like to also welcome any new listeners just joining us as we're trying to smash our way through that complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. And if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen we'll have all those links in the episode description but the best place to be is on the discord servers kyle and dan and maybe sarah get on there every day and it's just a really cool place to be it's also a 100 free we have no paid tiers or special access areas because we haven't figured out how to monetize anything yet <laughs> so, and it actually costs us money because we do send out uh welcome gifts for people uh just send us a private message or an email with your mailing address and we'll send you something smashable that you can uh you can take home and air your frustrations with this market we're just really glad you're here we have a lot of fun it's always better with friends uh sarah is there any show news that we uh, have to report on show news yes the show news at the top of the script oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, well whiz editor, don't worry. 
Next Wednesday, we have Matthew Morawski, financial advisor at Goodstein Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. Flint Jameson joins us the week after to talk about commercial real estate. And then we have Bruce Loy, CEO of Esoterica Capital, rounding up the upcoming calendar. If anyone wants to submit questions for any upcoming guests, we have a channel in our Discord dedicated to that. I'm really excited about Bruce because uh, that was one of the first, like, or I guess it'll be the second now, the second fund manager to like reach out to us. Like, oh, that's so cool. I know. It's like, uh, and, and like he, w- he was genuinely excited when we were chatting with him about like what we do to like be on there. I was like, you realize that we're, we're more of a laid back and kind of casual show. <laughs> like Normally that scares off those straight laced people, but he seemed really into it. <laughs> you guys are like the Trey Parker and Matt Stone of the stock world. <laughs> That's actually something that I've been trying to get Dan to do. I want to start getting our guests in to sh- just to do the live reads and that's it. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, like Jay Leno, like when he guested on uh, South Park back in the beginning, like they let him do the cat voice and that was it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have got a fiery, frothy, favorful show for you today. We have lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar and more options than Amber Heard shit the bed jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and always, as always, reach out to us because we love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, on our Discord, link in the episode description. Or if you're old school, you can just send us an email to two bulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two. Or you can give us a phone call at 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you just broke up with your girlfriend. But because you have such a sweet deal on your apartment, like neither one of you wants to move out and you're just trying to work that out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we just love it when you guys reach out. Which was it? Did I describe the breakout well enough? Or breakup well enough? Jennifer Aniston one with the uh, goddamn what's his name Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah, I think. I think it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> All right, uh, Sarah, let's talk about some bet results. Okay, well, I was not here last episode. Yeah, Dan or not Dan? Sorry, Danthony. Anthony was filling in last week and made the pick. He wanted Shopify, but he wanted to enter it at five hundred and then try to short it down to uh, three sixty. The bet last week was a short on shop, right? Yep. So entry was at 500, stop at 550 with a take profit at 360. Yep. So, and how did it end? I think shop, well, that would have been way in the money. Uh, he fucking nailed that target. It's just a shame that he didn't get the entry. It was $12 shy of hitting that entry. Oh, geez. That was, it, that was pretty peaked. good. It peaked at 487.99. It was so close. <laughs> and I should have told him to just short it Thursday at the close base because he was, I think he was trying to make a play on like a run up for earnings and then a dump after that. Oh, man. Yeah, he nailed that. <laughs> well, lucky for me, like he couldn't, he didn't get an entry. You have to specify everything beforehand. So basically, dad sits at 500. He has no change. Uh, he did not. Okay. He made no trades. <laughs> he didn't get his limit hit. That's too bad. Yeah. That would have yeah. been. That would have been a lot more than 360. It would have been so good. <laughs> I know. Maybe he did it on the download. <laughs> I hope he did it for real, like in his own account. Yes. Right. <laughs> we'll have to follow up on that. So it was good. Yes. Uh, I went long with M.O. Altrera. Uh, they opened the week at 5609 and finished at 5657, which made me a very nice $4.28. <laughs> So that takes me to uh, 50428. Okay. Uh, and then that son of a bitch random did it again. Well, the markets are dumping. The Fed's raising the rates the most they've ever done in the last 22 years. Somehow it picks a stock that goes up 8%. <laughs> 
uh, GLNG opened the week at 2208, closed at 2393. So Random is now sitting in the lead again with $541.89. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a reason why we get Random is on Twitter. Right? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's uh, it's not fun being in the being behind random trying to catch up to it. Yeah, I don't know no. how it does this. No, it seems like every week. <laughs> All right, is it time to uh, is it time to talk about some news? Yeah, let's do it. There's a lot, lot to say. All right, let me play the song. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose. We're just skip-dee-tools trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two fools trading information. What? Two fools trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two fools trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Oh my god. Fucking Dan is so good. So good. What's his, like, does he have a music background? How does he do this? Oh, yeah. He's been doing that for, I think, good 10, 12 years before we uh, even started this thing. He was trying to make it as a musician. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Spotify, are you listening to this? <laughs> right. <laughs> also, thank you, Laura, for writing those lyrics. <laughs> um, all right. The big news today. Uh, this week, I think, has to be the Fed, right? Oh, definitely. I don't think we can talk about anything else. Yeah. So the Fed authorized the biggest rate hike in 22 years, which, I mean, they make the headline look a little worse than it is. They raised it by 50 bips mm-hmm. when they've pretty much been doing 25 bip hikes for the last 20, 20 years. Right. It's not like they went crazy high, right? They've just been consistently small <laughs> for so long. He's still only at 75, you know, like it's not high at all. But I know. And even if they do all of the rate hikes that the the market's been pricing in, that still takes us to like, what, less than 5%. Oh, definitely. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like it's, but you know, there is a little bit more to that because I think every single hike we're losing, usually the market, I think on average loses about 200 points, like the S&P. Oh, okay. So I think we are like, for example, like, I'm just going to give like a ballpark number here. Yeah. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, the S&P, I think, finished up like 600 something points in 2017, right? And the interest rates were at 75 back then, Okay. which is what they're at right now, currently after they've raised. So since the S&P started this year, or since we opened this year in January, we were at what, like 4,800, was it? Right. Yeah, pretty close, if not. And we're down what, like 600 and something points maybe a little bit more now right? since it opened. So we've kind of priced in 75 now. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I mean, just by looking at those kind of like ballpark, I feel like we've priced in about a market, a free market with 75 basis points. Mm-hmm. That kind of scares me because we're getting more. So mm-hmm. um, let's every like 25 basis points, it seems like it's going to be hiking in you know, 200 or odd points. And they still haven't even said anything about 75 bips yet, right? I mean, the last thing I saw from Powell was that that's still not actively being considered. So it's not. Um, I'm more talking about like year to 
year to date, we're at 75, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. You know, if we're going to do another 50 at the next meeting, well, then that's another, what, 200, 400? 3,600 on the spies or the ES. That's another like 400 points. So I'm like sitting there worried. I'm like, oh my, like there's no, at this point, you know, we might get some bear market rallies in between, Mm -hmm. but we have to keep price pretty much pricing in these interest rate hikes, not to mention that something that doesn't help is that for, I don't know, this is something I'm missing. I'm not a futures trader. So um, I, I'm just kind of diving into futures recent, very recently, but they're starting to price in 75 basis points of the next meeting, even though Powell said that was not a possibility. So they just randomly decide to do that after our rally on Wednesday. Well, did he say that that wasn't a possibility or did you just say that it wasn't actively being considered? I think he's sorry. You're right. He said the language is really important. Yeah. But he said it it wasn't actively being considered. And um, personally, I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe my bias is showing a little, but I don't think that's going to happen. We've also got two, we've got elections coming up, right? And you got to think that this is going to have some implications on on uh, the democratic controls over the senate and the the house oh my god have you seen all the shit posting on biden's twitter about this <laughs> oh god no but it makes me wonder if he's not even planning on running for re-election or is he planning to just try to get as many rate hikes in as possible so that way he can cut him an election year and then try to make it look like the economy's doing really well yeah pretty much i think he has a i don't, know, I want, don't want to say ancient view of the stock market but a little bit <laughs> he is ancient <laughs> <laughs> what was the spy trading at when he was 20? Yeah. <laughs> ancient views of the stock market by an ancient guy. Is there anything else in uh, what Powell said that uh, caught your eye? Well, he apologized for inflation, which was the first thing he said. Um, that told me that that is his number one goal, right? Apologizing to mm-hmm. the people. He said inflation is way too high and he's right. And, you know, they should have acted a lot sooner, in my opinion. Oh, yes. So that is probably what caught my opinion. Uh, you know, I'm just, there, there's tons. I mean, I could dissect, I have the transcript in front of me and I could dissect the 24 pages of it if you'd like. But. <laughs> no, you don't have to go that <laughs> yeah. Just uh, any of the key standouts. That was something that really caught my eyes right away when I heard that. I'm like, this is going to be hawkish. Mm-hmm. However, you know, when he went and he only raised it by half a percentage point, it told me that he was sounding hawkish, but it's still a little more dovish than the market was pricing in. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stood out to me. It's And he did this last FOMC was his tone in comparison to what he's actually saying. Oh, I don't think I've ever actually listened to him give his comments. I've always just read the cliff notes. No, he's, he, well, he says it, I mean, it's like, it's in the cliff notes too. It's not necessarily the actual tone of how he's speaking. It's more like he's apologizing for inflation. So, okay, this is going to sound super, Mm. this is super hawkish. And then he, there's no 75 basis point rate. It's 50. Right. Then he says they're not considering 75. So he's actually dovish, which is his action, but his tone is hawkish. He was so much better as a dove than a hawk. (laughs) He was a great dove. I know. I miss it. I miss. I miss Dovish Powell. Right? Like you know, you everyone worshipped Dovish Powell. <laughs> everyone loved Dovish Powell. So that's kind of what's just. It's not necessarily something so specific as it is that um, this is just a, what he's been doing the whole time. And I, mm-hmm. It's frustrating when you can kind of see through and you know he's being more dovish than he's pretend. 
He's more dovish than he's pretending to be. He's actually a dove, but pretending to be a hawk. So um, he's a dove in hawk's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I saw something pop up uh, with David. I don't. Have you heard of David Tepper or Appaloosa Management? Yes. Okay, I have not, but apparently he's a really good hedge fund manager. Yes, he is. Uh, they, he was putting the blame on Powell and the Bank of England for the the sell off on Thursday. Because mm-hmm. you know Wednesday after we got that report for the uh, the the Fed meeting notes and that fifty bips was was all it was and then seventy five was off the table. We got that really nice rally, but big sell off on Thursday. And Tepper's arguing that uh, this is all the people who are just scared of inflation that basically uh, were unsettled by his removing the option of the larger hike. Uh, and then Bank of England on Thursday also made a similar mistake, according to him. Right. Uh, BOE delivered its fourth rate increase uh, on the hiking cycle, but indicated it was likely to move cautiously in the future due to the threat of falling into recession. Mm-hmm. So he's arguing that everyone doesn't like <laughs> his. He was too dovish, I guess, is what it sounds like he was saying. Mm-hmm. So I have quite a few thoughts on that. Um, mm. And regarding the most recent sell off on Thursday, do I think that's inflation panic no because why would it why would you go cash in a inflation during an, when people are panicking about inflation right uh-huh right that doesn't make any sense to me what i think that was uh, is that there were a lot of people short before fomc and i think um some people to get paid right and that's what I think it is. And the reason why I see that is because I'm watching a lot of share activity and I'm seeing so there's pools of liquidity like below support and above resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, you know, sometimes you like to look at where shares are exercising levels and see if they're significant. And, you know, just watching all of these shares being bought during the sell was kind of frustrating, you know, because it's I'm seeing it uh-huh. like they're just buying this all up cheap right now because there's going to be another bear market rally soon. So all it's really was manipulation at the end of it. Um, people don't unless you really pay attention to order flow, and especially order flow, it's a little bit more um, advanced. You can really see that the market, the free market is not free in any way, shape or form. And it's a little bit frustrating to watch. I think I think you probably, you're in the trade pro discord, so you heard my. <laughs> I was frustrated this week. I usually try like I'm pretty try to keep my cool in there. Even though we were you know pushing new lows, like it didn't feel like a sell off. It fit like looking at the structure and the way it looked so controlled compared to like 08 or um, even uh, the the COVID flash crash. Like it just didn't look like any panic in there. It looked very methodical. It was. And um, for example, something that I like to use, so you've been in our live room, is the ADVDEC, uh, the advanced decline mm-hmm. for US stocks. It's a nice little canary to see um, where everything is going in correlation because everything does move together mm-hmm. uh, in one shape or form. So it stayed at negative, what, 7,200 all day. I have never seen that in my life. I didn't think it goes that high. No one thought it went that high. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that. Dad asked Vico that question when he was on the, uh, the the Zoom call with them. Like, what's the max? Vico said like 6,800. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's looking at the past. It's never got that low. Or if it has, it's never stayed. And I'm pulling it up right now and I'm looking. Mm-hmm. And the last time it got that low... Okay, it got lower on January 24th or January 25th. That was the one time it's been lower. And that was a massive sell-off, if you remember that. That was mm. that was like pure pain, Which, but we got it again. Just 
you know, the other day, (laughs) but that was some pain. So we got that. Um, But before that was Feb 25th, 2021. I remember there was a crash then. And um, then it was COVID. Like it's a very rare that it ever gets that low. And even when it has got that low, there's a little wick at the bottom that means there's buying pressure that finally starts to step in. Right. There was none. Like it was like, (laughs) it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. So, um, you know, that little flash crash was really, it was just horrible. It really was. Oh, any good news? Because I had those technical issues a second ago. Um, <laughs> so if it's if it's controlled selling like that, then and you're seeing those pools of liquidity, then what does that mean for for going forward? Um, it means probably we're going to get a bear market rally. It means that there's buying up on the selling, um, especially under forty one hundred. Mm-hmm. Back forty, I think we where we really bounced the zone on the S and P was the forty seventy forty forty sixty eight. Yes. And then we really just get buyers starting to step in. Um, it did make a higher low, which was great on the Thursday, I believe, um, or in the Friday. The Friday got low as well. Then it did the Monday before FOMC. So mm-hmm. that's one good thing that kind of notes the buyers are interested a little bit earlier. They're interested at higher levels than they were on Monday because they now know I, th- I think, this is my own thesis, they now know that um, what the Fed's plan kind of is, they gave us a lot more information this time around, a lot more certainty. Mm-hmm. So there's more interest there. So I think we are going to get, we're going to get a bear market rally probably, if not next week, the week after. And, you know, we'll see when we listen to this podcast. But right. <laughs> right, right. Might have to do some, might have to do some editing next week too. <laughs> Do you want to say it the other way too, just in case? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I think that's what it means. I had one other story that I wanted to just quickly touch on. That was uh, B of A jumping in. This is a market watch story. Looking at the last 19 bear markets in the last 140 years, This they're kind of speculating where the current downtrend should end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking at the history. They found the average price decline was 37.3%. The average duration was about 289 days. Uh, obviously, past performance, no guidance for future performance, they said. But uh, they think that the bear market, they said the, the current bear market would end October 19 with the S&P at 3,000 and the NASDAQ at 10,000 based on that analysis. Oh, really? But what's interesting about that, though, is that many of the stocks have already reached that point. 49% of the NASDAQ constituents are more than 52 or 50% below their 52 week highs and 58% of the NASDAQ more than 37.3% down. Mm-hmm. So 77% of that index is already in a bear market. Right. Now it just needs to bring the index down. And then they also talked a bit about the um, the flow too. I'm trying to see though the latest weekly data on Friday showed 3.4 billion coming out of stocks, 9.1 from bonds and 14 billion from cash. Right. Many of these moves risk off headed into the recent Fed Reserve meeting. Obviously, that's to be expected. So I guess that's not so interesting. So this was prior to FOMC. I think this story came out yesterday at 940. So I'm guessing their data was pre-FOMC, but the comments were during this week. Right. Okay. Because I was going to say, I saw once Thursday hit during the sell-off, I started seeing inflows. So um Right. That's what I was thinking too. What's interesting though, if they're seeing something, geez, their credentials, maybe I'm the one that's wrong, but. But how do you already have 77% of that index in a bear market? It just shows you how top heavy some of these indexes are. Oh man. It's like 
what I'm waiting for, when I really know we've hit a bottom, what I'm waiting for is final washout on um, other names. Like we've like, now finally seen Amazon being taken down. Amazon's got destroyed. Yeah. Amazon has just lost, what, like 900 bucks? So um, <laughs> it's all about, like Amazon just got, just got totally killed. Google's already had its fair share. I think Netflix has already been destroyed. Netflix is just like, you know, might as well like just be delisted at this point. I think Apple's the only one that's holding on right now, right? Apple and Tesla. When Tesla goes down and Apple go down, that's when I know we've had, we've hit, we're close to a bottom Mm -hmm. because that tells me that, and you know, Tesla just keeps smashing earnings. It has Elon. So like it can't get that washout, it seems. And it's so popular and it's so volatile and everyone loves Tesla. So it's, but even Musk is selling his shares. (laughs) I know, but like we just can't, we can't get that washout in Tesla, and you know it still has such a high PE. And um, mm-hmm. compared to something like Facebook, you know, like Facebook's PE, I think when it was under two hundred bucks, like thirteen, which is like unheard of for a tech name. Like that's crazy. Right. You know? I think Tesla's do I, like you know it's just we need those two to once those two have their washout and we start going under four thousand on the S and P, which is what. I think is going to cause that washout. Mm-hmm. That's when we're going to get close, you know? So it's really, that's when the pain is going to start. It's going to get real at those levels. And there's going to be a huge flood of stop losses hit. And, but it's finally going to be close. There's still a gap that needs to be filled on the spy too. So I've been talking about <laughs> yeah. all week, hoping for it. I'm like, just- oh, you have been, as I say, yeah, back in April of last year, there's from like 405 down to, or 403 to 401 that's still. <laughs> Still waiting there patiently. Right. Once that gap is filled, that's going to be that's going to be so nice. There's going to be a, algos are going to step in right there and just start buying it up and defending it. You know. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that. And it's just like it's so painful because it's just been wait like this has just been going on for four months now, like five I months. Know. Just want to rip the bandaid off at some point. Just rip it, it off. Let those gaps be filled. Price in all the hikes that Jerome Powell is going to do because he's not going to do 11 or 12 like what some people are speculating. He's probably going to do about five or six, mm-hmm. which means we're halfway there. So just price in worst case, please take those two names down so we can start building back up again. And I can buy the dip. Most important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> BTFD, it's what I'm good at. So just kind of waiting for that. Oh, all right. Well, should we uh, should we move on to? Well, I guess we got to do our live reads next, huh? Yeah. Or um, unless you want to talk about the NFP quickly. Um, oh yes, yes, please. Just that we. I think well, how do we beat it by like six thousand or so? It was a pretty solid beat, although I think the unemployment numbers were a slight miss. I can pull it up for us right now. I had it open on my phone. I had the numbers up here, and for some reason, they're erased. NFP. Do you have them? Uh, pull it up here. Okay. Unemployment was at 3.6%. Consensus was 3.5%. The actual jobs was, yeah, for 28K jobs in April, better than the 391 expected. Right. So strong. Yes. That was kind of, uh, I think I think that was also kind of indicating that, that Powell now has more ammunition to try to raise rates more or to get more aggressive because he's he's leaning on the strength of the economy as his, I guess, justification for being able to aggressively raise hikes. That's true. He can or he can definitely do more tapering of the balance sheet, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it is strong. However, um, another thing to consider is the miss, the surprise miss on the GDP growth. Yes. He can't. So if we're having that too, um, 
you know, that's what I was kind of thinking. I thought it was bullish. Maybe I'm just a permable, but I thought it was bullish that the NFP was still strong. Mm -hmm. So the reason being is because, yes, the economy can absorb all of this, all these hikes and whatnot. That was a big miss on the GDP too. It was huge. It was huge. Like he can't be too aggressive because of that. You know, right. if that starts some sort of trend, that's kind of a recipe for him, gives him more leniency to do a dovish pivot, mm -hmm. you know, and like not have to go and keep raising rates 11 or 12 times, whatever the futures market decides to price in. No, but it seems like they just want to be able to cut rates at some point. You can't really cut them if they're at zero. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right? He needs to raise them to cut them. So, yeah. uh, you know. So weird. It's like but, a sale price at, at Ross. Right? Right, hey, it's thirty percent off. Yeah, but they marked it up a hundred. Right, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think you know. With that being said, like, there's kind of a recipe for a mid-year dovish pivot, but it was just me being hopeful because I've been averaging it to my leaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's gonna be right. Yeah, Hopefully pray for me, guys. <laughs> pray for me, please. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, speaking of praying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my segue to Sue Pullen. <laughs> Two Bowls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen, Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. I am one of them. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue can and will help. She is licensed in 27 states, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is to give her a call at 520-977-7904, or you can send her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com. Uh, Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. Email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520-977-7904. Okay. And Two Bulls in a China Shop is a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. So Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, you can learn to trade like the big institutions. They've got a great staff, which includes me, of highly <laughs> knowledgeable and successful traders. And there's no better place that we found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. You can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or just use our affiliate link in epi our episode description. It's a great way to support the show and improve your knowledge and skills. If you join the Discord, we also have links for a 10% discount code. Just don't tell George. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes to you too. Don't, don't, don't call us out. He, yeah. We negotiated hard for that 10% discount and he has gone on record saying that he never gives discounts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have to give a shout out to Orderflow Labs after Flurry and Leo were kind enough to share their toolkits for trading futures and Sierra charts with us. And we believe they have some amazing custom studies for structure and execution. Got buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape, liquidity zones. I got something for everybody. They're also constantly adding and testing new studies, and they offer a ton of support to help you use their tools. Constantly doing live streams, they're doing uh, Q and A sessions in their Discord, and they've actually stepped up that game too, where they're doing a lot more of that stuff and actually structuring it. So if you are trading futures, you really need to give them a look over at orderflowlabs.com. All right, let us do some stock stuff.
about stocks and time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop time. Please don't sue us. All right, Sarah, you want me to lead this one off? Sure. All right, Starbucks. Starbucks is in the news after they got hit with a sweeping labor complaint, including over 200 alleged violations. Director of the National Labor Relations Board in Buffalo, New York, issued a complaint uh, for 29 unfair labor practice charges, including over 200 violations of National Labor Relations Act. The complaint stems from claims made by Starbucks workers united against the company in Buffalo, where the organi- union organizing effort began in August. Uh, they say that Starbucks interfered with, restrained, and coerced employees seeking to unionize in various ways. Companies do not like unions. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Honestly, I've never been a fan of the ones in the places that I've worked at, but I understand their purpose. So I'm kind of neutral to them now these days, but, but Starbucks going union can't be great for the stock. Can it? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I've never seen a stock really react positive to something like that. And they just recently had some good news with their old CEO coming back too, right? I think so. Starbucks isn't one I trade often. I'm more of a, well, since this year, more oil and tech. Um, But, you know, I think uh, I just don't see anything good coming for the stock from that news at all. I'm looking at the chart now. It's the first time I pulled it up in a while and it looks really ugly. So do about, what was it? (laughs) (laughs) 7,000. There's been like one bounce (laughs) since it started dropping at the end of the year. But a higher low, a higher low than, uh, right? A little bit of a higher low, I guess. Yeah. But you're looking at the COVID lows. (laughs) Yeah, it's still above that. I'm looking at the five minute. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, go (laughs) to the daily. Yeah, we're, we're back to what, July 2020 or so, June, July? Yes. It looks like there is a good area for some support there around 71, but I don't know that I want to go long on this. I mean, you would think so. Like, I mean, we bounced right at that uh, 83, 84 zone, um, which was, you know, an, our old, an old spike in Starbucks, mm-hmm. June 2020. Yep. So there, we did find some support there. It got bought up, bounced. Now it's gone down to make another new low. If this breaks, you know, we could go down right to, uh, geez, we could go down to 70, 86, I'm seeing, 70, 71. Yeah. And if that doesn't hold, then uh, the next one down looks like it's about 65. Yeah. But there's a huge, um, I don't know if you use volume profile, but there's a- I do. That's where the volume profile starts picking up around uh, 60, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's probably just a ton of buyers. I mean, I'd I'd buy even Starbucks. Like I said, I don't trade Starbucks, but I'd buy Starbucks at that level. I hate coffee, so (laughs) (laughs) I I would short coffee if I could. Uh, but yeah, I, I would watch that. If you want to go along this, I would not be going long here. Um, it really has to show something, right? It needs to break that top at 83 to put in at least a higher high. Yeah. Uh, if it does get back up into the high eight, or the low 80s, I'd be looking at that as maybe a short entry for a push much lower. Right? Yeah, there's no... I wouldn't get long in this either, just looking at it, you know, but it's, it's hard because I'm getting long on other things and I, I'm a big uh, believer of confluence trading. Mm-hmm. So it's just going with everything else at the same time, right? Like there's it's a specific chart that's ugly, but every other chart is ugly too. Right. Well, they all agree at least. <laughs> I don't know. I think I still wouldn't get long yet, even though I've bought the dip on some other names, um, but they're names I know a lot more like NVIDIA and Facebook and that. that um, right. You know, if I can get 60 on Starbucks, I'll buy it there. Yes, exactly. 
Uh, you got any of the, any of the stock news that caught your eye this week? Yeah, um, which would have been relevant in a zero interest rate <laughs> now because of all the macro events going on. But BBIG, so Vinco Ventures shares jumped in pre-market session. This is on May 6th, yesterday. Is this a meme stock? Yeah, it's a meme. Okay. <laughs> After we like our meme stocks. They're fun. Uh, meme stocks are that was such a good time. Meme stocks are the best. I know. <laughs> but like, and it's frustrating because like, you know, for someone who's been trading for a long time and wouldn't have touched GameStop. Right. You know, missed out on a lot of money there, but that's okay. Anyway, BBIG shares jumped in pre-market session after the company declared May 18th, 2022 as the record date for the dividend of shares of common stock of Cryptide to be distributed to Vinco shareholder stockholders in order to affect the separation of Vinco and Cryptide into two independent publicly traded companies. Oh, they're spinning off an arm. Right. So it's a special dividend, not a not an annual one that they're instituting. Right. Which has been kind of the talk, you know, they've been talking about this for a year. So I don't know why this was, um, I guess, because now they have a date. So I guess that's what kind of made the shares jump so heavily. That was a big jump. It was a big jump looking at the chart, right? Yeah. So just to do, take a quick look at what happened here. I noticed it still couldn't quite get over 350 though. No. And at one point, what was the stock was like at 1250, was it? Yep. Back in uh, September. Jeez. It went all the way up to like 15 or so. I, I got on on that squeeze. That was fun. But yeah, like it's just, it had a nice little jump on Friday because of that. Um, it pretty much held throughout the session, you know, it got mm-hmm. in old mac- bullish macro slash zero interest rate environment. I would say this is a bull flag and, um, you know, it could be getting ready to make another move, but um, it's probably just going to fail because it- <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to fail. People want to get out of this, I think. Yeah. You know, wouldn't you? Like, it's the market's a mess right now. And the last thing you want to hold is something that has no value. And there's such a big volume spike that happened on the day that it was announced. It looks like uh, Friday. Yeah. And if you look at the, I mean, the candle is just basically a really long doji. They went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's all <laughs> selling off that spike. People, bag holders of BBIG are getting out. Um, Somebody's still buying it though, because it uh, did leave a gap behind. And that's the thing. It's weird because it's holding. But when you, yeah. Yeah, when you look at the actual volume candles, the, all that red. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> it's like at least... Four times um, more red volume candles. <laughs> so sell this rip then, it sounds like, huh? Yeah, people are selling that rip. <laughs> it's actually so hilarious how people sold that rip when I'm like so much panic to get out on that spike. Um, what would convince you to buy it? I would need to see other names that kind of move with zero interest rates and move just stupid names move with it. Mm-hmm. Like I'd need to see GameStop move or AMC or other canaries kind of move in confluence with this. Right. Otherwise, I'm not touching this with the 10 foot pole. Not even a short it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that too scary because it can just rip to the moon? <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's like they're not ripping anymore in this environment, but they could. Uh huh. You know, or get a, some random buy stop just to screw shorts up. It's kind of like, you know, it's, I, no, I'm not touching it with the 10 foot pole. <laughs> Still an interesting one to watch, though. Yeah, like I'll still watch it. Um, if it gets a random squeeze and a halt, which right. I think is going to happen, <laughs> I'll trade it. But if it's not getting that, I don't care for it. All right. Well, the last one I've got on my list that I wanted to talk about was Olin. O-L-N. 
And I want you to pull up the chart and look at it and tell me what your inclination is. Just looking at the chart, are you bullish or bearish? Oh, that looks like amazing right now to me, doesn't it? Does it? I, I'm looking at the daily and I just don't like the way it's basically double topping. Yeah, the daily isn't the nicest. I don't like the dojis on the last two candles. So it looked really good on the one hour to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked pretty good on the one hour. Um, but, you know, so that tells me that we could see maybe a bounce around 62, uh, the previous month high, perhaps before going lower. So I don't know, I have kind of mixed feelings on it. It's, it could be a double, it's really in a place where it's either going to double top or it's going to break that top. Right. So it's moment of, it's like at a decision point, it's hard to really tell. Well, let me see if this changes your mind. Um, the reason why this stock popped up on on my radar is because of a, a Motley Fool article on it talking about how great this company looks because of the ammo shortage and what it does. I guess it makes, it controls most of the ammo made in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, them posting an article talking about how great this company is makes me think that there's a lot of people holding on to shares here at this top that need to get out and they need to drum up some volume to make that move happen. Yeah, and you're probably right. Uh, so I'd look at this with an eye to short it right off of this 65 level. And then if it pops above it, then I can just cut it. Well, that's the thing. It's So uh, something I've been using um, is the RSI. What I'm seeing here is a double top on the RSI, which is kind of showing me a trend, right? Okay. So last time we saw um, a top being formed at like 61 or so. Um, and that's when we went to overbought on the RSI. Mm -hmm. We sold off all the way down to 50, 50, 30. Yep. Made a higher low. Um, so we got on both the RSI and the chart. And then we spiked back up and made a new high here at 65.30, was it? And then now we're kind of selling a bit. You know, there's, I think eventually we're going to have to go back with, because now the, the RSI has a moving average to it, right? As well, right? Mm -hmm. So we are going to have to go touch that uh, moving average back on the RSI. So yeah, having a short from this level, I mean, there is bounce zones, but if you can average in on your short and kind of ride down to the moving average on the RSI, yeah, I think that's a really good short. Just buy some time and have your average in zones. Uh, the other thing too that makes me like that, I mean, like if you, it, it's just seeing an article like this, something sitting at its top, and then they're coming out saying like, "Hey, this is a, this stock looks unstoppable. You should buy it." Like. Ah, that just feels kind of dirty to me. There's something that's off about it. Yeah. Oh. When I look at this chart and I see, like, if I want to go long, I'm not going long here. I'm waiting for a pullback to 59 mm -hmm. or even better down to, you know, the 51 area that you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. You got a huge gap left behind from their earnings. The earnings weren't, I mean, they were good, but they weren't spectacular. Right. And it was a 7% surprise on the EPS and then a 1% 1 surprise beat on the revenue. Uh, I do like the thesis. I mean, ammo's been short everywhere in the U.S. for years now, it seems like. But I'm not buying this here with this massive gap to fill down below and <laughs> sitting at a top that's failed to crack before. Yeah, no, I, 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 would, <laughs> I, think, we're, I think eventually we're going to um, go back to 59, 60, and then mm -hmm. even from there. And then from there, it's got another decision to make. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, either we're going down to 57.50 or we're going to bounce back up to that 62. So mm -hmm. you're making the right move. No one buy that. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy it unless it breaks and retests 65. Right, pretty much. Let the move happen first, then get on the trend. Agreed. Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about from the watch list before we move on to earnings? Um, 
not really. All right. What do we have coming up then? So we actually have some notable earnings coming up this week, even though, you know, the big names are kind of done, are still a few names that need to report. So I think one of them is, I know one of them is Roblox. Yep. They are on the 10th. Right. So that will be one to watch for sure. We also have Baba on May 12th. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Baba is going to be a big, well, I don't even know if it's a biggie anymore, to be honest. <laughs> it's just gone so <laughs> killed. No one cares. Once I again, thought I saw something in the news about a person with the surname Ma being arrested in China and then like the stock reacting to that. Again? <laughs> yeah. Like just recently. Oh, geez. but they didn't say it was Jack Ma. They just said someone with the name Ma. Like there's, there's like over a billion people in China. There's probably more than one of them. There's more than one Ma. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it a Ma family member? Probably. So maybe. If it's relevant to Baba, I'm assuming. I didn't. Re- I don't think I managed to pull the story up. By the time I went to look for it, it was gone already. Yeah, that happens all the time. They're always arresting yeah. poor guy. So Baba has earnings. Walt Disney does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure on the exact date of that. Uh, they're on the 11th. Okay, so Disney's a big one. Yeah, they've been battling the the state for their rights to keep their county. Um, self-governed or whatever There's some weird thing they had going on back when they first founded that park it allows them to collect their own tax revenue and pay for their own utilities it's like desantis is just like at personal war yeah <laughs> that's going to be interesting they're at a, they have that battle going on for them um they also have probably streaming services you know expected to be taking a hit mm-hmm. which i think considering netflix the og of streaming services is taken a massive hit. I can only imagine what's going on with Disney. I think they'll always have that customer base, but I don't know. No one cares about that. They care about the growth, retainment and growth. And I mean, if it's Netflix is our canary in that field, um, Disney plus may be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, you know, cause I have like a little bit of Disney in my long term. I'm hoping that um, we get a little surprise there because they're pricing in pretty much a horrible earnings report right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, not to mention all the macro events going on. So I'm hoping there's some sort of surprise there that could make it jump, but I'm not counting on it. I wouldn't. No, <laughs> I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> no, this week. <laughs> no, not this week. And then what do we have? Coinbase. That's another one. Coin. I'm sure. I don't think it's going to do well. No. I mean, people aren't buying crypto, aren't throwing their money at crypto at this point, right? Like it's- no, not really. There's still a few good names, though. I think AMC is on Monday. You got Palantir, Lordstown, Plug Power, Blink Energy, uh, Peloton, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Unity, Rocket Labs, even Wendy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From from when Lambo, all the algo, algos thought everyone was buying Wendy's. Oh right, <laughs> I was saying when Lambo. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah. So the, it'll be still an interesting week, um, but I still, you know, it's another macro backdrop. I think this week we have um, CPI, which is going to be really dictate everything. Uh, yes, that's that's the really key thing to watch this week. Oh, it's going to be just another. It's going to be exhausting. You know, it's like. Yeah. We finally got rid of it, got FOMC over with, and now it's CPI. And um, that's going to determine the next trajectory, in my opinion. Right. So um, the next, it's going to determine if this bear market rally is going to happen or not. So um, earnings kind of takes a back seat, in my view, for this upcoming week. But I mean, there's still names to watch, for sure. Agreed. 
All right. Should we move on to uh, some crypto then? Uh, sure. Speaking of coin. <laughs> I know, right? I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. Some Doji Sushi Polka Dot NFT. Uh, the main thing that popped up on the news that I wanted to quickly look at was um, there is an important Senate race going on in Ohio right now. But regardless of which way that race goes, there'll be at least one more new pro-crypto senator uh, taking office. Uh, Democratic candidate Tim Ryan is facing Republican J.D. Vance, and both of them are crypto enthusiasts, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vance uh, owns Bitcoin worth 100 to 250000 according to financial disclosures filed to the Senate earlier this year. Uh, most of that in Bitcoin, I think it is. Uh, he was also outspoken against the regulations that, that people have been proposing for cryptos. He slammed the amendment to the infrastructure bill that required the tightening of regulations by requiring the digital asset exchanges to behave as brokers. Uh, he dubbed that amendment disastrous and argued that it would lead to mass surveillance on those in the cryptocurrency community and damage the, our progress as a tech sector. The other candidate, Democratic Ryan, also a former presidential candidate, co-sponsored the bipartisan bill Keep Innovation in America Act in November. Uh, the legislation was seeking to regulate digital assets without stifling entrepreneurship, innovation, or impending privacy rights and urged Congress to, quote, bring legal and regulatory certainty to ensure those technologies and entrepreneurs continue to flourish here in the U.S. So regardless of which way this race goes, we're at least getting another senator in there that's pro-crypto, not like mm-hmm. Janet Yellen, who's just less hating it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's uh what is she, eighty? Eighty plus right. be a fan. <laughs> yeah, it? Warren Buffett hates it. Uh Buffett Munger calls it a venereal disease. So oh my God. Um, you know, and he's ninety seven. The older you are, the more you hate crypto seems to be the uh That's why uh that's why longevity is not a immortality would be like the death of the species. Yeah. Right. Because you need the new generation coming up with their new ideas to promote things and you need the changing of the guard, I guess, right? You do that's a nice way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Death of the elders. I'm not saying saying kill all old people. (laughs) 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 Make sure I go on record and say that I love my old friends. Right. Yeah, no, it def- I definitely agree with you. And, um, you know, it's going to be nice to have a little bit of uh, some pro-crypto back. It, it just someone who's pro-crypto with some influence in general. Right. Yeah, because the, the path that everyone seems to be taking or wanting to take, the, the people that have been in charge for years, like, was not looking very pleasant for the future of crypto. So getting more people like this in place should help balance that out. I hope so. Um, but once again, there's that macro backdrop, you know, that's screwing up everything. So that's <laughs> there. It's your short crypto <laughs> and stocks and every other, you know, instrument there is. Just sit on your hands and wait for CPI to tell us which way we're going. Oh, right. It, pretty much. But yeah, it's, you know, that's what we have to wait for. So yeah, that's great. If if we get some like risk on, that's great that there's someone in mm-hmm. 
you know, that there's another pro crypto politician, but it's really needed, especially for crypto investors. But, you know, until we kind of know where we're going here in the general market, I don't expect that to have too much of an impact at the moment. Agreed. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and mosey on over here and reach into this saddlebag and pull out this gun and fire. <laughs> Uh, that's is the way we lead into the good, the bad, and the ugly. If I shoot first, that means you have to go. <laughs> so if you want to start off with the good that you had for last week. Oh, geez. Something that you did well. So something I did well. I had a really good day Monday. Um, there's lots of volatility. Traded it pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, took advantage. Of, I had really good execution. Everything that comes down to my trading, a lot of it, because it's like I don't, I have a lot of knowledge, but execution and knowledge are two totally different things in trading. So, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's big. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Monday was great. Tuesday was kind of flat. Wednesday was great. You know, wanted and probably had about, I think it was about nine grand in profits this week. So it was a good week. Mm. Yeah, I would say. First half, that was my good. <laughs> Uh, my good it's hard to pick one thing but uh i gotta i think i have to go to all the overall positive changes that i've made to my routine and my journaling the more that i've been sticking with the journaling i've been adding more pieces to enhance it and doing it at a pace that doesn't feel overwhelming like when you first start trying to do something like that you have all these ideas of everything you want to incorporate and if it's too much you just don't do it. You don't stick with it. So I think I did really well at starting slow and then enhancing it as I build that routine and continue to continue to stick with it. And I also even added like exercise to my morning routine. And I've been waking up early because uh, Joel and I have been getting together on the Discord a, uh, a good hour and a half before market opens here. So that way we can look at levels together and then come up with our plans. It's just uh, all this stuff that I've been doing to try to prepare for the day just feels like it's really been going well. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. I was feeling really good about it when I was looking back at my notes. That's good. Oh, what was your bad? Oh, geez. Um, bad was taking a long position on Thursday. And because I was thinking, I mean, we were at the low of the ADVDC. I'm like, I can't go any lower when I was at 7,000. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. And just, you know, the continuous selling, it was just so horrible. You know, I swung some SPX calls that I had, like very cheap, but um, just a small position on from the Wednesday on the way up. And wow, it just did not stop selling. So that took about um, probably about four grand for me, um, which was tough because I made, you know, that was a lot of this week's profit, more than half. And that was my own risk management um, miscalculation of the market. It was mm-hmm. stupid because I averaged in a few times thinking it has to bounce and it didn't, you know, like I'm right. It's just so rare for it not to. Um, it's so rare for it to stay that level of selling all day. And that's what I mean. It was very controlled and it was just institutions hitting their levels and buying it back up and market makers going against the market. Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to bank when we get that rally now. So um, it's, <laughs> sometimes when you have too much access to information, it's actually counterintuitive because you see what they're doing and you see how the market's reacting and you want to do what they're doing. But um, there's a few factors that aren't the same. Like for example, the Greeks and time, how much time you have and um, mm-hmm. trying to guess when what they're doing is going to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yep. 
Yeah. You don't know what their time frame is. You don't. Yeah, exactly. That was my bad. That was a lack of risk management there on my part. And it was stupid. And I paid for it. I think mine, it's kind of hard to, I didn't do a whole lot this week. So it's kind of hard to pick one, but I had a really good discussion with George about an issue that I've been dealing with. And that's over confirmation, mm-hmm. trying to over confirm trades. Right. And that's been causing me to miss out on like a lot of good, good ideas that I've had. I think I was on the, uh, the zoom call with you and I was talking about AIG. Right. I waited too long to try to enter that position and uh, it ended up doing exactly what I was watching it to do. Right. <laughs> um, shot up. I think it was the day after earnings. I was looking at it. Uh, the earnings looked good. Monday morning, it was still sitting depressed. And I thought, man, this thing should be going here soon. Sitting right on a trend line that I had with the support. But the FOMC was that day. So I was like, ah, I just need to sit out and wait this until the FOMC actually happens. But and that's just one example. I think what ends up happening with me, especially with futures, is I'll be waiting to confirm something. And then by the time I get enough confirmation to feel confident enough to click the order, it's already moved. And then I miss the move. And then it pulls back into my zone again, eventually, but then I just flat out buy it and don't confirm at all because I feel like I've done the confirmation. It's already been confirmed. I've already done all that. But now it's a completely different trade. So (laughs) so I keep swinging from like over confirming to not enough. I had a good discussion with George and talking about win rates and like, if over confirming is not causing your win weights to go up, then why are you doing it? Well, it's true. Like it's, it takes out like the thing is, this is a risky, you can't take all the risk out of this. Deal. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And yes. you have to take some, you know, you have to be mm-hmm. prepared to be wrong and um, waiting for, yeah. Over confirmation or over confirming whatever um, term you used, that is taking pretty much the risk out altogether. And then you just have FOMO, right? So exactly. That's just something you learn from, like, just take, make sure it's within your risk tolerance. That's what going forward. And if it's not, like, if you're not prepared to lose it, then don't take it. And if you are, then take it. Honestly, too, I feel like I had a bit of an aha moment this week when talking about futures in general, where like the day, the days that I trade really well, it's like one trade makes the entire day. Mm -hmm. And like the rest of the day is just kind of trying to stay as close to break even as you can, or maybe even a little bit on the positive side, but basically trying not to Try not to lose enough to where you can no longer take that shot when you finally do catch it. That's true. That's a good way to put it. So I need to stop worrying about being wrong and more worried about making sure that my risk is adjusted correctly. Exactly. That's a good, that, that's really well said. I totally Thank agree you. with that. So awesome. Learn from it. Uh, yeah, that's the whole goal, right? Learn from our mistakes. Right. That's why we share them. Right. <laughs> Speaking Wait, of which. Yeah, the ugly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so my ugly was really ugly. So this is just a stupid um, thing I did on Interactive Brokers. And this is probably the wor- one of the worst mistakes I've ever made in my trading tenure. Is, so after um, Wednesday, and I was already green, I had a good week, you know, mm-hmm. I was ready to call it. I didn't really care to trade Thursday and Friday, but I was covering the room, right? Because Victoria's right. recovering from surgery. And I really wish I didn't because that's what got me in trouble. Cause um, obviously I would have been faked out completely. Right. So right. like along with everyone else I was, and I lost a lot of my money. And then one of the, I saw that there was going to be a little bounce coming. Um, I tried to enter some, or thought there would be, I tried to enter some S and P con contracts um, with a different position just for a quick scalp. Mm-hmm. Um, this was after the room and instead and they were like really like they weren't that expensive right so but they were still um 
you know, still on the downtrend. But um, right. instead of buying two contracts, I bought 200. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was oh, like, no. oh, my God. And I like did not mean to do that. And with the market crashing and me just doing this massive execution error, I panicked and sold them. And that took like three mm-hmm. or four grand for me instantly because I sold like uh, the market at least you just dropped it though or got out of it immediately yeah. i wiped out all this week's profits and then some that's not something that should be happening considering how no. long we've done this so but how was, much worse could it have been well probably a lot worse i mean it could have been 2000 been a margin but um right <laughs> you know, it, was, it was still bad it was really bad and not to mention the long-term portfolio is getting in my head because i'm down way more than i should be and um mm-hmm you know, it, it got to me. It was a really frustrating week. And that's when I started like shit posting on like Biden's Twitter. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've reached my, like, like I'm pissed. So, um, yeah, that was my ugly execution this week. And that's an ugly, that's ugly. I, I can't top that. I don't think I have anything that nearly compares to that. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I've never done that before. I've done that, uh, but not, not, not a 200 factor or 100 factor. I've done it with like 5x or, or accidentally bought instead of sold and doubled my position. Right. Where I was trying to take profit. Oh, <laughs> I've done that yeah. before. Well, then that feels like kind of silly to even call it ugly at this point. After <laughs> <laughs> my story. <laughs> I'm still trying to get out of sim jail in futures. I had to go back to sim because uh, I just couldn't string it together. Right. Uh, I feel like I'm just so close, but uh, it's hard to treat sim like. Like it's the real thing, right? So I think what I'm trying to do, because I end up, uh, what will happen is like, I'll do really well for a couple of days and then I'll just have a complete meltdown and just start mashing buttons because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> just to see how high you can get some of those numbers. Right. Uh, or you want to try out something like, nah, I don't think I would normally take this, but I'm on Sim, so I'll give it a try and see how it works. Right. Like, like I think if I want to actually get myself out of Sim jail, I need to give myself some targets to hit, treat it like a real plan. Because there has to be some kind of consequences for when I go off of those plans, not just, oh, well, nothing happened other than I'm just still at the same point and haven't grown. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's that's a pretty good plan. It's not with real money. Your ugly experience of the week's not with real money. So um, stay in the sim jail until you get impacted that. It's not with real money yet, but it's also impacting the future potential. That's true. It just keeps putting me further back from my potential earnings. Right. That's okay. Um, you'll get out of it. So I know, I know. Just, uh, but I have to work for it, right? And I need to put that work in. And the good thing is that I've actually been starting to put that work in, right? I'm disappointed in myself. It took so long to start implementing some of these things that probably should have been part of the plan since day one. But I guess sometimes we have to do things our own way, right? And struggle first for a while before we can see the benefit and how it it really does help. Right. It's true. Mm-hmm. You learned from it, so that's good. So did I. I learned from my ugly too. Good. That's, <laughs> we, uh, that's the plan, or that's the idea. All right. Uh, I think now it's time to kind of wrap things up with a new bet. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my position, quit your bitch, and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight 
It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right And since uh, you are sitting in last place for Dan, that means you get to go first. Okay. Uh, So I got an interesting one that um, I'm hoping is a little bit of a um, shocker is I'm going to go with ARK. A-R-K-K. Going long or short? Long. What? I know. I'm going to do something risky and, you know, do a little... (laughs) <laughs> my risky trading styles showing. Um, let's see what happens here. Well, it stands. Uh, it stands money. So yeah, <laughs> now's the time to be risky. So um, I think art closed at what forty five forty five forty five sixty three. So why don't I say? Um, geez, I don't know how much it's going to move pre market, but why don't, let's just pretend um, I'm a limit set at. Uh, let's say I have a fill at 4550. 4550 entry. Now, if I lose, if we start going lower, um, I'm willing to average down all the way to um, 4395, just under 44. Uh, down to, let's say 44, just for easy math. Sure. So you want to split up because you have $500 of Dan's money to basically make this trade. Right. So you want to go like half in uh, at 45 half and then the other, or you want to split up into thirds or how do you want to do that? Um, so why don't I do half at 45.63, a third at, or yeah, a third at um, 44 and the last third at 43.60. Or forty three seventy. So one third at forty five sixty three. So basically at the close, one third at forty four and one third at forty three sixty. You said. Yeah. Okay. Do you want a stop loss? Um, my stop loss is going to be under forty. I'm going to keep it pretty wide. Stop loss at forty. And do you want to take profit? And I'm going to take profit at forty six. Between forty six and forty seven. Probably I'll take it at forty six. I'll be cautious. Okay. All right. And then we'll just move your stop up to break even at that point. Right. Perfect. I like it. Sounds like a good one. Yeah. I feel like uh, MO didn't make the move yet that I was expecting it to make. I kind of want to just hold on to that one for another week, but that's Mm -hmm. also boring. So (laughs) I I think I probably should just go against uh, Motley Fool and then just bet that there's going to be a a dip on OLN. So I'm just going to short it at entry or at market open on Monday, and I will take profit at $59. Okay. We'll put a stop on that at 66. And the last thing we need is a random. So what did our random machine select today? Is it Dana Incorporated or Dana? <laughs> so, so random actually picked Dan, D-A-N. Oh, okay. As the stock ticker. Right, okay. Dana Incorporated, stock ticker D-A-N. Oh my God. D-A-N. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so does random the question then is does random miss Dan or is random want to short Dan? I I feel like maybe we need to give random a chance to to, to either short or go long. Right. What do you think? Jeez, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, since it's random, I'll just go ahead and roll a dice. We'll say odds it shorts and evens it's long. All right, let's see. All right, got a nine. So random, sorry Dan, random uh, doesn't doesn't believe you're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Random is going to short Dan. That is hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. There's been a change in the guard. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Random fucking pick some goddamn good stocks. Here. This looks like a good one to short. 
Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> it's already right on a bit of a retrace. Right. Draw a nice trend line. It's, it kind of came back up into that 3450 cloud. Almost got to it. Not quite. <laughs> well below the 200-day EMA. The sell volume looks strong. I should have made them go long. Damn it. Ah, Sarah, I think we did it. Yeah, I do too. I think we made it to the end. Awesome. We made it. All right, folks, that, that brings us to the end of that episode then. Thanks for coming by, but uh, I think it's time we got to close up the shop, kick everybody out, and get back to our lives. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, for sure, for coming back. Uh, if you have anything that you want to leave the audience with before we uh, close up here. Be prepared for a bear market rally, guys. Be- not Maybe not yet, but I'm thinking maybe next this week or the week after we're going to finally get some relief. So if you see it, don't hesitate. You know, it's it's overdue. And um, trade like a trade pro, right? This is not financial <laughs> advice. <laughs> this is just my own, like, you know, just stick to your plan and manage risk. Excellent. And if you see it, take advantage. I love it. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, fellas. Uh, Until next time, happy trades. Thank you. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.